Welcome to The Junction Box, the audio cast where what you need to know about the electrical program connects with the experts in the field. This time, our focus is on commercial electric service types and equipment. Our guest is electrician and instructor Rick Lawson. Rick, thank you for being here. Pleasure to be here today. I'll be happy to answer uh, whatever questions you may have. For those of you who are new to our audio cast, we collect a number of questions about concepts that are being taught in our electrical program here at SJVC. We then reach out to our expert electricians slash instructors to provide answers. Well, Rick, I'd like to get started by asking you to explain or define what electrical service means. Basically, all we're talking about is, is the utility company supplying power to your particular dwelling and or we'll say commercial warehouse, if you would, or commercial building. And the service is simply the power that's being designed and brought to that building. Okay. And it's, it's important to know what Edison or SDG&E or your local provider, it's important to know what they're going to give us because that'll tell us what we have to work with. Huh. And on the other side, we also need to make arrangements as to what type of gear and things we need for the service. So we need to define from the utilities what they're actually giving us based on blueprints and approvals and so on and so forth. Okay, okay. Well, there's the perfect segue into my next question. Uh, Rick, why is it important to be able to interpret drawings that describe service installations? Okay, keep in mind it's important to be able to interpret the drawings and, and, and other related materials described to the service installations. The reason for that simply is we have a multitude of voltages available to us, whether it's 120, 208, three-phase, 277, 480, three-phase, and there's a multitude of other voltages depending on local regulations that can be coming into our uh, into our dwelling or again into our commercial warehouse and we need to know um, exactly what it is that's coming in so we know how to distribute it whether it needs to go through transformers certain dis disconnect means um, ground faulting means and so forth and at that point what happens is is as is, is the power is being brought into us it's, it's brought into a main set of switch gear, which controls and which is disconnecting means coming from the utilities to us. And that moves right into uh, the service drops. So for our audience, can you explain what uh, service drops are? All that is is the ability to take the power from where it's being brought into the building and sending it to a designated location. In this case, we could have a number of suites available, office suites, or we could have a number of um, I guess what you would call service bays or other designated areas which may have their own panels. Service drops basically another word for your panel location, your distribution panels and so forth. So then what's the difference between a service drop and a service point? And then another question is how are they related? The difference between a service drop and a service point Basically, as a service point is what the utility company is bringing in and setting up for our main disconnect. And remember, what happens is once the utility companies get it into the switchgear and it gets to the main service disconnect um, and the main meter, from that point, they'll walk away. They don't want nothing else to do with what we do. We pick it up from there. We send it to its allocated locations. We drop it in. We set up the distribution panels. Um, and again, they may or may not be metered at the service point but at that point we come in we distribute the power accordingly and send it on its merry way to whatever the specific needs are based on the blueprints and the approved plans and so forth 
So we've talked about a lot today, uh, but what we haven't done yet is connect what we've talked about to the NEC. So which article in the NEC best describes electrical service and, and how should electricians incorporate the use of it? Article 300 in the NEC speaks to a number of these issues regarding the drops and so forth in that what's funny, and you'll, you'll see this in the field, what we see is being required for the size wire, the size conductors and so forth coming in is not always the same as the way Edison and or SDG&E and the other service providers deem as necessary. And I've always found that interesting. I look at what power is coming in from the utilities, and the next thing I know, I've got to triple my wire size to meet the uh, load requirements for the distribution panel and or for the service here. It, it's weird. They use a little different set of rules than we do. So again, um, for us, our world starts the minute it reaches the disconnecting means from the service utility companies, and then we pick it up, basically pick up the ball, if you would, and, and take it where it needs to go. We're not uh, um, authorized to go upstream of that disconnecting means. We're not authorized to get into the utility company's sandbox, if you would. Um, our job starts at that disconnecting means in the service gear, taking it on into its final destination. And there's a lot of things changing in the field regarding this. So it's important that we, we stay on top of our ADCs giving us direction to move forward, and we stay on top of the plans that the engineers have set up for us. Rick, thank you for taking the time to be here. It was great speaking with you. Learned a lot. Please feel free to ask me back. This concludes this edition of The Junction Box. Join us next time as we continue to learn from the experts here at SJVC. A presentation of San Joaquin Valley College.